nothing hinder you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen. Turn with me in your Bible to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. And that will be if you go all the way to Matthew and go back one chapter to Malachi, the next chapter back will be Zechariah. Zechariah. I'm telling you where it is and I can't find it. Zechariah, we're looking at chapter 4. And the Bible says, beginning at verse 1. And the angel of the Lord that talked with me came again and waked me. As a man that wakens out of his sleep. And said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick. All of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof and two olive trees by it one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof so I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are thee, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let me say that one more time. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now look at me at verse 10. And it says, For who has despised the gate of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hands of the Rubel. Which with these seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I want to use for a subject matter this morning spiritual makeover. Right. 
as I was dealing with putting this together, the Lord said to me that this is not only a message that goes out to your people, but it's a word for you also. That there is a makeover, a spiritual makeover that needs to be done in each and every one of us. I don't care where you are in your spiritual life. You can be a seasoned Christian that has been walking with the Lord for a long period of time. Or you can just be one that has just begun your walk with God. But every now and then, there is going to be a time that the Spirit of God is going to have to come in and do some renewing in your spirit, man. So I, I was sitting and I was listening to this and I mean looking at this and it dropped into my spirit a show that came on years ago. I don't, I don't even know if it still comes on at this time but it talked about an extreme makeover home edition. Where they took a person that was down on their luck struggling with what they were dealing with as far as situations in life. Some of them in that time period might have even been homeless. And they would take a house and they would tear it down and build it back up again so that whoever that person was that was down on their lot, on their luck, that there was a new house that they could go into. They they did a makeover of their house. And we have at this time in our lives where there are shows that are somewhat like that right now. You have one that's called Property Growth. They tear houses down, rebuild them, and, and sell them at a higher price. You, you've got another one that comes on that's called Fix Her Upper, where they tear houses down and rebuild them up. They've they got all these shows that show you how they take something that is not as it should be. It's usable. You can live in this house. You can, you can do what, what is necessary in it, but they go in and redo and make it over. And sometimes when we're walking in our walk with God, that's what goes on in our life. What we're doing is good for God. Amen. What we're doing is right for God. But there's a time where God needs to come in and do some new things within us that we might be able to go to that next level in God. We all need a spiritual makeover. When we talk about a spiritual makeover when we're dealing with what's going on in this text. The Bible says if you go back to the 
the first chapter of this text, of, of this chapter of, of Zechariah, you'll find that they were talking about rebuilding the temple. And Zechariah and Zerubbabel were facing all kind of opposition of how this temple was supposed to be rebuilt. The people that were there were saying, well, that's not the way it was before. You, we don't want it done like this. We want it done the way it was before. You got people that, that were, were right there in their neighborhood that were giving them opposition about everything that they were trying to do as far as building this temple for God. And in the process of everything that was going on, they were feeling discouraged about trying to put this rebuilding together. And the Spirit of the Lord came to Zechariah because Zechariah was having dreams and visions on top of dreams and visions. The Bible says that he had almost like 10 of them, back to back to back to back to back. And when the angel of the Lord came to him in regards to what this vision was about, he was saying to him, what do you see? And Zechariah said, I see a gold candlestick. He said, I see that on this gold candlestick, that there's a bowl on the top of it. And he said, on the side of it, I see olive trees on each side of it, and the olive trees are putting oil into the bowl that's sitting on the top of it. And the angel asked him, he said, what does that mean? And if you really look at this the way it is, of how, you know, you have sleep and, and you're tired and, and the vision is just keeping you awake and the angel is saying, what do you see? Just tell me, you know what the vision is. Why don't you just go tell me what it is? But he was trying to get him to understand that what is about to take place that it's not going to be done by power. It's not going to be done by might. It's going to be done by the spirit of the living God. And when, when we look at what that's saying to us as far as our lives, it brings me back to the point of the time that I first came to Clarion Call. And when I started coming into Bible study, we were studying the book of Acts. That's why I was saying he's all in my memory. He's right there in the book of Acts. And what we were talking about in the book of Acts was how the life of the Spirit of God 
is manifesting itself in our lives. And when we look at it from the standpoint of what the Spirit is doing, it was telling me that, that he's in control of everything that goes on about our lives. Pastor used to say all the time when we were going through this time period, he said that the, the Holy Spirit is the conductor if you were looking at an orchestra. And he was the one that was conducting everyone that was playing the music in the orchestra. So that means that the, the Holy Spirit knows everything that's going on about your life. He knows your downfall. He knows your uprising. He knows your struggles. He knows your difficulty. He knows everything there is about. And just like that conductor that conducted that music, he knows exactly when that picture, that sound comes in, that that's what he hears over here. He knows exactly when that drum is supposed to play on this side. He knows exactly when that horn is supposed to play in the back. And he knows exactly how it's supposed to come together to make that sound be that perfect sound. All right. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how to put your gift, your talent, your ability together so that you can be effective for the body of Christ. Amen. He knows exactly what it is that you need to be effective for the body of Christ. And because of what he's doing in our lives, it means that we have to be sensitive to his leading. And because of the fact that we need to be in that means of being sensitive, you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is fulfilling a purpose. The Bible says that in Genesis, the first chapter, it says the earth was without form and void. And God spoke everything into existence. He said before even that came about, God knew what you were going to do. Because he had already planned what your life was going to be about as far as what you were supposed to do for the kingdom of God. He already knew it. He already set it up. He already planned it for you to walk in that purpose and that plan. So what he's doing is he's molding you into your destiny. He's molding you into your purpose and because of how he's doing that I go back to the point of saying you need to be sensitive to how the spirit is moving in your life. I was sitting up and well, I wasn't sitting up, I was in a deep sleep. And the Spirit of the Lord woke me up, and I sleep with my TV on at night. And, and when I woke up, there was a, 
a man of God that was preaching a sermon and he began to talk about the workings of the Holy Spirit. And what he was saying to it, to me, he was saying that the Holy Spirit is only going to do those things that satisfies you. Meaning that he's only here to mold and shape you into that purpose because you're not going to try and find true satisfaction until you're walking in that purpose. So he's only going to do those things that are in line with that purpose to satisfy you. Because he knows what you need. He knows what you want. And he's never going to do anything to change what God has already purposed for you. He's leading you in that means of fulfilling that purpose and that destiny that God has called you to. And he'll never require you to do anything that you can't produce. He'll never put more on you than you're able to bear. Even though it might seem like it's a struggle, even though it might seem like it's a challenge, it, it's for a purpose. And with that purpose of what it is that he's doing in your life, he's molding and he's shaping you to direct you to that God-given talent, that God-given gift, that God-given ability that's on the inside of you that he is perfecting in you that you might be used to the glory of God. He knows all the gifts that is in you. He knows every talent that God has placed in you. And he knows how to bring those gifts and talents out of you that you might be effective for the glory of God. And what he's asking you to do is not grievous. He's not going to do anything that is going to cause you to feel like you're overwhelmed. He's not going to do anything to you to feel like, I can't do this. He's not going to do anything to you that's going to make you feel like, you know, this is above what I'm able to do. Because he knows exactly how to bring it out of you to the point where it will be used to the glory of God. And the only time that we feel challenged, the only time that we feel burdened down is when we're doing that thing that is out of that will and out of that purpose. Amen. 
the, the man on TV gave me an analogy of how this works. He said that for those of you that are fishermen, he said if you take a fish and you take it out of the water, he said that fish is going to jump around, it's going it's to be shaking, it's going to be like it's moving his mind. And, and when I thought about this and, and the picture came in my mind, it's almost like the, the fish is gasping for air. And I'm saying to myself, now I know how it is when I'm in the bottom of water. I said, ain't no air down there. How can a fish be gasping for air when he's out of water when there ain't no air in the water? But he said that that means of how that fish looks. It looks stupid to us because he's jumping around like he's gasping for air. But he said, but when you take that fish and put it in the water, his genius comes out. Because he's able to swim and do that that God had created him to do. Because he's in his purpose. He's in his destiny. He's doing what it is that we're supposed, that he was supposed to do. And if you're feeling out of place, if you're feeling agitated, if you're feeling like situations are not as they're supposed to be, that means that you're not walking in that genius aspect of what God has called you to do, that you're out of place. And all it just means is that it's time for us to just get back in right standing with God. God, the Bible says, He says that there is a treasure, the Bible says, in earth and death. That the excellency might be of God and not of us. There is a, a, a thing on the inside of you that God has planted inside of you, a treasure a blessing and that treasure and that blessing on the inside of you was designed for what God has placed in you to do and because of what he has set in you to do that thing on the inside of you it has a purpose it has a function that needs to be Operator, it's kind of like our eyes see. Our eyes have a purpose to see. Our ears hear. Our hands, they touch. Our feet, they walk. A lawyer solves legal problems. A doctor solves medical problems. An accountant solves tax problems. That thing that is on the inside of you is there 
that you might be able to fulfill the purpose that God has called you to do. But going back to our text where it says that it's not going to be done by power, it's not going to be done by might, but it's going to be done by the Spirit of the living God. So, we put these emotional attributes in front of what God has called us to do. And those emotional attributes is just what he said. What do you see? What do you see God is doing on the inside of you? What do you see God is calling you to do? Are you walking in that purpose? Are you walking in that plan? Are you developing those attributes that God has put on the side, on the inside of you? Because what God has put on the inside of you is that it might be able to be effective for the glory of God. Look at what it says in verse 10. It says, For who has despised the day of small things? We can look at the back and say, Who despises small beginnings? Those things that the Spirit of God wants to do in you, there are small beginnings that are implemented in those things that God wants to do. But you know, we are microwave people. We want everything done immediately, right now. You know, life comes on and, and I'm at that point, I've got spiritual maturity. Boom, there it is. <laughs> We're at that point right now where, where we want it right now. We want those gifts and those talents and those abilities to be able to reach nations to be done soon as I say yes to your will and yes to your way, oh God. I'm ready to jump out here and start preaching. No, the Bible says do not despise small beginnings. Those small beginnings is where God takes little things and he molds those little things in us that they grow up to be big things for us. He takes the little things that are in us and through that we're able to become those things that God has called us to be. It's not a thing that is a hurry situation. It's here a little, there a little. It's meditating on the Word of God, spending time in the Word of God. If you know when 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 we talk about small beginnings. We, we have a challenge when we talk about getting up and reading our Bible every day. Mm -hmm. 
Those are small beginnings. Getting up and spending time with the Lord and praying and asking him to guide us and, and to direct our path. Those are small beginnings, but we want to just get out and start running. But the Bible says here that don't despise the small beginning. Because you never know who you can touch with your small beginning. You never know how that touch can cause somebody else to reach millions. But it was your small beginning that opened up the door. Don't despise the small beginnings of the Lord. Because it is through those small things that God is doing in us. It's not a bam, bam, thank you, man kind of religion here. It is a slowly allowing God to settle in you, grow up in you, those things that is effective for the kingdom. It's a slow process. It's a process that causes you to, we, we talked about this morning, first thing is our relationship with God. What will you do because you love God so much? How far will you go out of the way, the small beginning? Will you spend that time every morning and say, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day? Small beginning. Will I start spending time praying and seeking the Lord on a daily basis? Small beginning. Amen. Will I be sitting in one of these chairs on Tuesday night to hear what the word of the Lord has to say to me? Small beginning. But it is about what you want to do. Do you want to grow in the knowledge of him? Because this is not a microwave kind of situation. It's got to be what can I do for God? God, what can I do to be effective for your kingdom? And you've got to be able to put the work in. All of us When we start a job, we start low man on the totem pole. And we worked our way up, going through being talked about, ridiculed, written up. But if we stand there and be steadfast and unmovable about what it is that we're doing, we usually wind up supervisory positions. Some get the president position, CEO position, because we were steadfast in what it is that we wanted for the company. Can we be steadfast for the company of God? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because the reward is truly a blessing. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. 
or their seed begging bread. The rewards are awesome. But you got to be able to be steadfast. Unmovable. See, the Bible says that the angel came to Zechariah and he told him, he said, you go and you kill Jerusalem. He's going to build the temple. All the oppositions, all the things that he was going about that was troubling him and, and nerve-wracking to him. The word of encouragement that came to Zerubbabel was is that you're going to be able to build the kingdom. And the Bible says it took him almost four years before he was able to be able to do that. But in that four-year period of time, he was steadfast. And doing what God had called him to do. Not wavering. Not doubting. Turn with me in your Bibles, and I'm getting ready to close, to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25 and look at what it says in verse 28, the last verse of that chapter. It says, he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. not saying that ruling your own spirit that you're telling the spirit I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that I'll do this and I'll do that that's not what he's talking about as far as ruling your own spirit what he's saying here is what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, 5 where he talks about Casting down imagination of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We've got to be able to tell our flesh man that, no, I'm not going to do that. That's right. I've got to be able to, to allow my spirit to build up in me in such a way that, that it goes to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when I do that, then I'm ruling my spirit because I'm being obedient to what the Lord is telling me to do. Amen. I'm not being run by what my flesh is telling me to do because my flesh is going to tell me things that are going to tear me down. It says a city without walls. If I got a city and there's no walls around me, it's like my house. In my backyard, there's a gate. If we say that's the wall, I can let my dogs out in the backyard and they can't get out because there is a wall that is protecting them. 
And that same aspect, that wall is keeping intruders from going into my backyard. But if my spirit is one that is without wall, then I'm just opening the door for every evil, perverse, wretched thing to enter into my spirit, man, yeah. and destroy the work of God in me. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, if I can't rule my own spirit and be able to put some breaks on some things that are being able to, to break down what God is doing in my life, it's keeping me from the obedience of Christ. Then that means that I'm not ruling what my body said that I'm supposed to be keeping out by my spirit man. So it means that I've got to bring my body under subjection. I've got to be able to let my body know, you know, I'm following after God. Come on, Lord. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Amen. So because of what God is telling me to do, you back up. That's right. That, that's not glorifying my father. All right. So, so because of it, I'm bringing my body under subjection to the obedience of Christ because I want to be able to obey God. The Bible says in Revelation, it says he. Mm -hmm. And it says it over and over and over again. It says he that has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. That's what this is all about this morning. Right. Being able to hear the voice of God as he directs your path. Being able to know that when the spirit man is speaking to you, that I'm moving in the right direction. Because Jesus said that, that my sheep know my voice. And a stranger's voice, he will not follow. So that tells me that a stranger is talking. And I need to understand which one it is that I'm following. Am I following a stranger or am I following God? And the only way that I'm going to be able to know whether or not I'm following in the right way is that I've got to be connected. And the only way that I can stay connected to God is that I've got to be close to Him. That means, I'm, like I said, small beginning, I've got to be in the Word. I've got to be in prayer. I've got to be seeking his faith on a daily basis. I've got to be putting him before my, my desires. I've got to be putting God first in whatever it is that I'm doing. Because I've got a purpose that I'm trying to fulfill. A destiny God has set on the inside of me that I want to be able to fulfill. And the only way that I'm going to be able to fulfill that destiny is I've got to be in the right place. That's right. Yes. And that right place is knowing God for myself. So in closing, I'm saying to you, remember, God has a plan. And God has a purpose for Every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. 
And that purpose is designed to glorify and uplift God in all that we do. The Bible says in all that we do and all that we say, do it to the glory of God. Our lives should be to the glory of God. And in that, we need to understand that there's a constant makeover that is going on in your life on a daily basis. And that makeover 